0: All right, all right. Uh, good morning, church. Um, welcome to our living room. Um, I think, literally, for our staff, this is really our living room because we're here more than half the week. And so, welcome to our living room. I feel at home. I hope you feel at home. And today is special because we're doing a living room session. A couple months ago, we did one of these before. And this is actually our second time doing this. And I like it. I like it. Hope you guys like it. I uh, hope you guys feel comfortable. Um, For today's living room session, I'm going to be preaching just hopefully for about 15 to 20 minutes. And then, like Pastor Susie said, I'm going to be inviting up these two special guests to share their stories and what God is doing in their lives. And so, I hope you guys are excited and um, ready for the word today. Um, For today's message, I have been thinking a lot lately especially because I am a pastor, I've been thinking a lot lately about the church, the topic of the church. Um, no surprise there, right? Most of you guys think about your jobs. I think about mine, right? Um, as many church communities right now, because of, because of corona, uh, COVID-19, um, our church is not unique to the rest of the churches in that we're all on the same boat. We're trying to figure things out. As, as church leaders, we're trying to do what's best to make the wisest choices and decisions for our church. And um, the hope of every community, you know, we're not unique to this. Every church leader, the hope of every church is this. It's not just for us to survive through this, but it's to thrive through this. The hope is that through the furnace of this trial, that our church would come out like gold. Come out as gold. When I say gold, I mean coming out of this COVID situation more godly, more faith-filled, more hungry, more meek, more dependent on God, especially. That's what it means to thrive, for our hearts to be transformed, for our churches to be transformed. This is what we're going after. If you talk to any pastor, you'll hear uh, something very similar. This is What we feel is our responsibility, what we feel that God is leading through this time. So today I'm going to be sharing about the imperative role of the church. And I'm just going to say the main point of my message just on the forefront. Here's the main point. If you're writing, taking notes, this is what you got to write down. The main point is this. The church is essential for our personal discipleship, dot, dot, dot. But also, our personal discipleship is essential for the church. I'll say that one more time. The church is essential for our personal discipleship, our growth in godliness. But also, our personal discipleship is essential for the church. You see, a lot of times we can think of the first part of that. The church is essential for my growth. I need to go to a community where I can receive, where I can grow, where I can listen to sermons, where I can go to house church, so I can grow spiritually. That is normal to think. And actually, a lot of times if we're not careful... Let's be honest, sometimes we can go to church, let's say, quote-unquote go to church. And we can kind of see it like church as an organization that provides a service for someone. You see, that's why I added that second part, that dot, dot, dot part. Because at the same time, our personal discipleship, how we grow individually as believers, is essential also for the church, for the growth of the church for the maturity of the church. You are important. Why that is important, why I added that, is because the church is not an organization, like alone, that provides services. But the church, as the Bible says, it's an organism. It's, the church is a people. We are the church. You are the church. I am the church. In this room, we are the church. The church comprises of people. I need you, You need me, whether we like it or not. (laughs) I'm blessed. I hope you're blessed too. (laughs) I hope you're blessed, Pastor Susie. (laughs) Um, But we need each other, and I just want to say this. God actually designed it so that we need one another for personal growth. I'm not talking about, let me just make a disclaimer here. I am not talking about an unhealthy codependency. Driven by fear and legalism. I'm not talking about... I'm not trying to be a... You know, as a pastor, I don't want to say we need each other. Right? And, and that's all. That's it. Like, we're going to take over each other's lives and stuff like that. I'm not talking about unhealthy codependency. I'm talking about a healthy, what we call it, interdependency. Where we make our own choices. And it's, it's, a, it's a dependency that is based on love, respect... And healthy boundaries. This is for another day, because I will take forever to preach on this. But I hope you get my point. We need each other. A lot of times, I'm, uh, there are times I've preached on church before, and I, I've, I've used this illustration. But I want to use it again because I think it's really helpful to understand. There's many metaphors that uh, the Bible describes the church metaphors such as church as the body of Christ, church as family. Family is not a metaphor. It's literally church is family. Church as the temple. Church as the bride of Christ. And I've heard, and I've preached on further metaphors saying that the church is like a hospital. The church church should be like a hospital where, where people come and they find healing and wholeness. I've also said, also, the Church is like a gym. I like working out. I like exercising. The church is like a gym where you go and you work out your salvation and you and you lift those weights of difficult people and you and you know, all those things you go church you know to to grow you know no pain, no gain kind of kind of deal right but the analogy the the metaphor that I like the most is actually um, the church is like crossfit okay. No pun, no pun intended, right? All right? The church is like CrossFit. You know, if you've been to CrossFit before, it's a, it's a type of gym. But you go to CrossFit, and you sign up, and guess what happens? You get assigned to a group. There's nobody in CrossFit that's just working out by themselves. You get assigned to a group, and in this group, everybody is on different levels, everybody has different backgrounds, and everybody is cheering each other on. And people are working out and growing together. Why I like this analogy as opposed to just the gym analogy is this. For a gym, a lot of times it's individual. It's individual workout. But for CrossFit, it's communal. It's it's communal. You have people that are different from one another. The communal over the individual. The 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 diversity in each group that's i feel like that depicts the body of christ uh, you know very well the church that god intended do you know that god has a vision god has a dream of what the bride of christ what the church will be like we get a glimpse of it in revelations every tribe every tongue every nation will come together and there's a vision that god has And then there is right now, where are we right now as a church? The question I wonder is, how far or how close is the gap between what God dreams of and where we are as a church? How far are we? A preview, although I'm going to read Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47, it's a preview of the church. It's a glimpse of what God dreamed of. And as amazing as it sounds, it's far from what God is going to complete. Let me just read Acts two forty two to 47 for us. And they, the people of God, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. How amazing does this sound? I would be so thankful, so amazed if if we could honestly say, this is our church right now, this is our community right now. Let me just list out a couple of characteristics of the early church. The early church was so impacted by the gospel, by the good news of Jesus Christ... Let me just list a few that I read here. It says here that the church here, they were devoted and committed. They devoted themselves. Devoted and committed to the teachings of the apostles. They were devoted to one another. They were devoted to fellowship. They were devoted to prayer. They were committed. Another characteristic, they were hungry and passionate. Hungry and passionate for more. Radical generosity marked this church. Radical in their giving with joyful hearts. It says here, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Not only were they thankful for what they got, they were generous as well. Actually, in chapter 4, it says that there was nobody in need anymore. Radical generosity. Another attribute of this church is servitude and hospitality. There was no, like I just shared... There was no needy person among them. Radical hospitality and servitude. This church was countercultural. In this church, there were people that associated with people that society deemed taboo. Countercultural. People were loving people that they weren't supposed to love, people were being with people that they weren't supposed to be with. This church. Is a glimpse of God's dream of the Bride of Christ. Important note is this, and this is really important. I'd like to expand our minds. I'd write, I'd like to challenge us to expand our perspective on the church in this. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is actually Philippians one five. I'm going to read it for us. I'm sure you've heard this. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. When I feel discouraged, when I feel I discover a sinful part of myself that I begin to struggle with self-hatred or get discouraged of, of, of different parts of myself, I remind myself of this verse, JP, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. God is sanctifying you, God is purifying you, God is making you holy, God is transforming you, whether you feel it or not. I love this verse. But the challenge is this, that I've been meditating on these days, is that when Paul wrote this verse to the church in Philippi, Paul was not thinking about an individual. Paul was thinking about the community, the church as a whole. Let's think about this. There's nothing wrong with applying this personally, individually. But it's pretty clear here that Paul is talking about God is going to sanctify the church. God's not just going to sanctify you or me. God is sanctifying the church as a whole. Paul is talking about that. See, when we think about this, why is it so important that we understand this? It's because this. I asked the question God, how are you going to sanctify the church? How are you going to make the church pure and holy? You know what the answer is? It's through people. God is going to sanctify the church through the church, <laughs> through you, through me, through your presence. Through your story. And I'll just say it. Through our sinful nature as well. As we learn to love one another. Revelation 19, 7-9 nine says that. Let us be glad and rejoice. And give Him glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come. And His wife has made herself ready. When Jesus comes back. To in a way marry the church, the bride of Christ. The church will be ready, sanctified. Ephesians 5.25 It says, Husband, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. This is what it says. That Christ may sanctify and cleanse the church with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that she should be holy and without blemish. God is sanctifying not just you, not just me, but the church. You know, we can't help but to think individually, especially if you've grown up in the West. I grew up in America. A culture where it's very individualistic. It's actually It takes a lot of intentionality, a lot of renewing of the mind to actually think beyond ourselves and think communally. This is what the early church, Jewish culture, were accustomed to actually. Thinking beyond ourselves and thinking more holistically. So there's two things I want to say real quick before I invite up our guests. That I asked the question earlier, There is the dream of God's church, and then there is the church. How far is the gap? What are the things that widens the gap between God's dream of the church and where the church is right now? The Bible actually says that things are going to get really bad, things are going to get really dark. The Bible actually says that many will fall away, sin will increase darkness will increase, but the church is supposed to shine. So as things get darker and darker, we live in a pretty dark world right now, but it's going to get darker and darker. When these times happen, when offense increases in our hearts, what are the things that we need to be aware of and constantly remind ourselves with, constantly recalibrating our hearts? And to be aware of this, I want to say two things. First one I already talked about. It's, Radical individualism. We need to be careful of radical individualism, because, like I said, the Bible says a God is sanctifying the church. There is no individual Christianity. We need each other. Second thing is this is radical consumerism, Radical consumerism. Let's be honest. We live in a society, we have sinful nature within us. It is our tendency to want things for ourselves. It is our tendencies to fill those that Maslow's hierarchy of needs that we have, you know? It is our tendency to consume. To consume is not sin. To consume is good. Our, the vision of our church is what? To consume. To, <laughs> the vision of our church is calling all to the feast. Let us feast. Right? But let's not get it twisted. As we consume, the values and the principles of the kingdom of God is very clear. Who Jesus is, who we're called to manifest to the world, is very clear. That is not just about consumption. This challenges our our desire for convenience. This challenges our desire to stay in the comfort zone. We need to identify the areas where we have been wrapped up in radical consumerism. Because as we read in Acts chapter 2, servitude, generosity, hospitality, thinking of others before ourselves. These are the things that mark the church. When Paul writes letters and epistles to the churches, you know, whether it's you know, to the church of Rome Colossae, Corinthians, Galatia, Ephesus, all these churches, guaranteed, when you read these letters and churches that he's writing to the church, it all has to do with the sanctification and the holiness of the church at large. All of them. It can be applied and should be applied individually, but he's writing to a whole. So that's my challenge that I feel that I've been thinking about these days, uh, for our church, I dream. I want to challenge our church through through this time when, you know, I, actually we are in the most convenient, easy way of you know doing church through Zoom. You know, it's like right we can worship on our beds. You know what I mean? Like we don't have to travel far. It's very easy. And I want to challenge the word that pops up to me in Acts chapter 2 it says they devoted themselves and I would really like to invite every single person at our community would you devote yourself to the building up of the church you are so important your presence the stories you carry what you have to offer is so important for this community I want to challenge you whether it's house churches or Sunday services on Zoom. Or whether it's a non-formal meeting with another person that goes to this community. I want to challenge us. Let us be the church. Let's practice hospitality. Let's practice sacrifice. Let's practice being there and being present. I would like to challenge us. Let's not come out of this having survived. But let's come out of this having thrived like gold with that said i have a uh, two special guests and uh, i'm gonna we're just gonna hear their stories and i'm just gonna do a living room style kind of just q a kind of thing but let us welcome up our lovely two new elders Yezel kim russell and daniel j s j money kim all right all right Welcome, welcome. Um, we have Yezel Kim Russell with us, and we have Daniel J. Money Kim, A.K.A. When he has his mask on, Bane from The Dark Knight Batman. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But um, it's 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 great to have you with us. Um, just for our church, for those who don't know, um, Daniel and Yezel have been sacrificing so much of their time and energy just behind the scenes, meeting after meeting, even outside their meeting, the time and energy, to pray and think, and, and think of ways to best edify and build up our church. They have become our elders uh, more recently, and uh, it's so. It's, I'm glad to have you guys with us. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Is your mic on? Is on? Yeah, so... You know, just to start off, um, the reason why I wanted to talk about the church and have them here with us is because there is a reason why they said they gave their yes to the Lord regarding becoming an elder at this particular community. And so we're going to go into asking, why why did you guys do that, right? (laughs) Why did you guys do that? But before that, um, let's get to know them a little bit, right? I want to just ask you, um, just very simply, how did you come to know the Lord. What's your salvation testimony? Yeah. So maybe if I start with Yesel, would you like to go first? Yeah, Yeah,
1: sure. Um, my story. Okay. So I was born and raised in a loving Christian home. My, um, my dad is a pastor. So I guess from the womb, (laughs) womb. Um, but, um, it wasn't actually until I was about 16 in my teenage years that I began my personal relationship with with God um, and before that I knew about God and you know going to Sunday school and all that but um, yeah I went through a bit of a, a rough patch you know as um, teenagers do especially growing up in church um, with a dad who was a pastor so I definitely went through like a rebellious stage um, Oh, so you're
0: a pastor's kid
1: I'm definitely a PK a pastor's yeah, kid okay. through and through yep Um So yeah, so it was a bit of a rough, rough time in my teenage years, um, and it was actually my best friend at the time, who wasn't a Christian, um, who actually helped me (laughs) to have a personal relationship with Jesus. I know that sounds like crazy, but um, so this friend moved to another city, um, which happened to be like the hometown of my husband, um, Christchurch in New Zealand. And um, we would talk every day. And she, on her first day of um, school, she was very nervous about, you know, moving to a new school and stuff. She became friends with a group of Christian girls who invited her to youth group and all that. And so, like, every time we'd talk on the phone and stuff, she would tell me about these friends and, like, going to youth group. Um, And I was like, oh, that's really cool. Like, you know, um, the the community that she had, you know, found sounded awesome. And um, reflecting on, like, my life and where I was, um, I just, that was something that I was missing. Like, sure, I had friends, like, school friends, but they weren't Christian. And so, like, all the things that they were doing were not things that, (laughs) that really (laughs) I wanted to be doing (laughs) deep inside. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and so before that, like, you know, from going from like, I didn't want anything to do with church, didn't want anything to do with God. Um, I even tried to convince myself that God didn't exist to, um, this friend who had found Jesus and was just, you know, loving life, loving Jesus. It made me Want that for myself, and so I started going to um, a youth group, a different youth group um, than my one that was at my ch- my home church, my parents' church. Um, and well, we were a really small church, um, and went to this youth group and became, you know, friends with these teenagers who were normal <laughs> like who are really cool. Like, oh, I could be friends with you. Like and you love Jesus, you know, you're not just some kind of bookworm or like, you know, the nerdy type Christian. <laughs> I know that sounds awful, but you like
0: walk to remember, like <laughs> Jamie Sullivan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um and so, yeah, by going to to this youth group and um yeah, going to um you know, youth camps and stuff Um, I realized that I wanted to have my own personal relationship with Jesus. Like, everything that I'd known about God and learned about God, I really wanted to live that out for myself and not just live through my parents' faith or whatever. Um, And so, yeah, and then went to a youth camp where I encountered the Holy Spirit for the first time. And then, like, that was such a Mm. memorable and powerful moment that... I was like, okay, this is what it means mm. to be a follower of Jesus mm. and to have my own personal relationship with God wow. where um, he speaks to me and I can speak to him yeah. knowing that he listens. So, yeah. Wow.
0: <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of details in there. <laughs> uh, because of time, we can't go into what those Rough patches look like.
1: You are all about the rough patches, aren't you,
0: Jason? What do you mean? I didn't have much rough passage. Okay. Anyways, Uh, brother Daniel, would you like to share your story? Um, sure.
2: Uh, I think it's very similar to Yesso's story. Kind of hearing that for the first time myself. Um, yeah, I grew up as a, I am a pastor's kid. Grew up in the church, and um, yeah, I'd say I was, I really. I knew a lot about God. I knew a lot about the Bible. But I would say I didn't really have a deep, like, personal living relationship with Jesus growing up. And so similar, I think I was more kind of, I guess, a bit apathetic. Like, God wasn't real, like, relevant on a daily basis to me. And, um, yeah, I think the other thing was I followed my dad around his ministry to his churches.
0: You're also a P.K.?
2: Yeah, so also a PK. We got New Zealand
0: PK and Australian <laughs> PK. Yeah,
2: yeah and uh, my dad, he does ministry in Australian churches. Mm. So um, I guess might, might be similar in the States where it's a lot of aging, like old people, and not as much like youth. So I didn't really have that community around me growing up. Mm. And so um, I think it wasn't until towards the end of college where I think maybe one or two years before I graduated, I reconnected with my like childhood friends at their young adults ministry, mm. um, which is like an EM at a Korean church, mm. and um, I think that's sort of where I started to have that. Uh, like God started to prepare my heart to really encounter Him. Mm. So, okay. Uh, sorry, and. Um, and yeah, it was actually similar at one of our summer conferences where um, I really, just really was faced with that kind of, that choice again. Like God was kind of saying, here I am, um, do you want, like, do you want to commit your life to me? And yeah, so it was sort of around the age of 22, 23, yeah, I kind of really made that commitment to make Jesus kind of my Lord and Savior. Um, and also, I was able to kind of experience God in a more tangible way, mm. where He wasn't just like this concept, but like, you know, Holy Spirit, like experiencing that sense of forgiveness, of yeah, repentance, yeah. Mm. of like that sin being washed away. I yeah. think that was what really um, was that kind of turning point.
0: Mm. Like it was, it's a journey, but yeah. that was a really key moment yeah, for me. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Uh, thank you for sharing um, Church, I just want to say, if you want to hear the more details, I'm sure there's a lot of nitty-gritty up in there, too, for Daniel. Uh, please feel free to uh, hit them up and ask for the story. Um, in what I just preached, actually, um, before you guys came up... I... Oh, whoa. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Um, in what I preached... Are we good? Okay. In what I preached, I actually talked about how... There's a two part statement I made in the beginning talking about how, you know, the the church is needed for your discipleship, but also uh, your discipleship really affects the church. And so, if I just want, can I just ask, like, when in your life and how, uh, in those two ways, has the church impacted your life in terms of your discipleship? But also, when was that moment? In your journey with the Lord, where you made you decided in your heart, like man, I need to, I'm important. I need to serve in the church. And how has God called you to serve, whether it's like a formal title or not? Um, when was that shift for you, and like, how was that? Yeah. Um, I
2: think my first real, um, kind of experience of discipleship where I received discipleship was uh, it was when I joined that young adults ministry again it's called ECF uh, back in Melbourne and um, as I mentioned it was that sense of like doing life together and that aspect of being part of a group of people really committed to pursuing a life you know following Christ I think Um, that was really the first time I experienced that um, and so I think, um, yeah, that really was key to me, like growing in my faith, and and I think um, I came to Korea actually wanting to kind of, um, kind of go to that next level of receiving discipleship. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, I felt like I kind of was had stagnated in Melbourne, mm-hmm. um, but then in in Korea, I think that's. Where I experienced that shift of, you know, being just someone who received discipleship and, you know, I was growing to mm-hmm. then learning that I think at some point you would only continue growing as you start to disciple and serve others. Right. There's only so much you can kind of receive, mm-hmm. um, but it's only one, once you start to n- now, like, teach and serve and give that is where that next level of personal growth will also come to. Mm-hmm. So um, that's something I definitely received here and experienced here mm. in my time at New Philly. Mm, okay.
1: Yeah, mine would be very similar to Daniel, where um, I moved to another city for university and joined a young adults community, um, but also mentors as well. I had mentors, like people that I looked up to who um, just you know, lived their whole lives fully for God and, yeah. like, just embodied what it, Christianity looked like. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, again, serving, I think that was a huge part in my own personal, like, mm. journey and um, growth, personal mm. growth. Um, yeah, so, yeah, definitely serving mm. because you're a part of a, a I guess, a team, a mm. community who... Um, are serving obviously Mm, mm, mm. (laughs) but are growing together um as well and so for me that was when i joined the youth ministry as Mm, a leader
0: mm.
1: because yeah um like you mentioned in your um sermon of like um it's not just about yourself but Mm. others and Mm. so for me that was the youth the young people Mm, um yeah
0: you were a so you're a youth pastor
1: Yes, I was. I oh, okay. became the youth pastor oh, okay, okay, many okay. years after. Yeah.
0: How long? How long did you do that for?
1: Four years.
0: Four years. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Okay. Wow. Youth. Youth. The youth are not easy. <laughs> the youth they're are not, easy, not easy,
1: but um, in some ways they're easier than babies, yeah. <laughs> toddlers who, <laughs> yeah, yeah. who you can't reason. With.
0: You wanna give? A, you wanna give a shout out to some of your youth students that may be watching. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. Thank you for sharing. Um, so God has led you guys to Korea, but somehow led you guys to this church, New Philadelphia Church. Um, yeah, I'd like to ask you, like, what was the moment that caused you to make a decision to commit to this church? Yeah. So maybe start, Daniel. Okay. Uh, maybe how long have you been here as well? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, so I moved to Korea in 2013, I think it was. Um, So as I mentioned, I was beginning to um, seek, like pursue my own call to ministry, Mm -hmm. and I felt um, it was leading to a career where I could continue to uh, grow uh, in my discipleship and also um, start to get engaged in more like missions type work. Um, Yeah, and so since then I've been part of New Philly, and I... So what that's like associated with New Philly for like almost seven years now. And wow. during that time, um, after two years, I actually joined staff as an intern, intern pastor. And so um, since, I guess, 2015, mm-hmm. that's when I've been uh, serving in different roles mm-hmm. at the church. Um, and I think for me, like, despite that, um, I always had kind of questions like whether I was really like, part of this community? Like, was mm. I really committed? You know, yeah, was yeah. I kind of, um, you know, all in in that sense? And um, I think it was actually uh, 2000, and early 2017, mm. um, so I'd just been um, kind of assigned, asked to go back to Melbourne to take over the, the Melbourne campus as the, mm. the temporary interim pastor. Yeah, when we
0: used to have multiple campuses. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: and... Um, yeah, we had a staff workshop with uh, Pastor Brian from Echo Church in, mm-hmm. in LA, and um, you know it was all it was a lot about like kind of self-awareness and really being aware of the different like roots of hurts and bitterness that can, like be the root of our our sort of sin patterns and things mm-hmm. like that. Well, and um, yeah, on the final morning, I you know I remember just praying and you know as you know we're asking God to kind of heal and deal with those kind of hurts um, like I, it felt like he was kind of challenging me in the area of commitment mm. and I think that's always been one area where because of the fear of like rejection or mm. disappointment or failure you, wow. you are afraid to like commit fully yeah. you always hold back a bit kind of to protect yourself mm. and I think um, yeah I felt like God was really challenging me to kind of mm let go of that and to just commit. And so, yeah, actually that morning I prayed, like, you know, however long you want me to be a part of this community, Mm. Um, God just, you know, help me just to be all in, to Mm. not hold back, not be afraid. Mm. And, um, you know, I've gone to Melbourne and come back and there's been a bit of a journey there. Mm. Um, Now I'm here and, you know, serving uh, as an elder, of of course. Um, Mm. But, yeah, for however long, you know. Awesome. just to, to really commit
0: yeah yeah dang thank you for sharing I wish I could I wish I'm sure everyone wants to hear the details of that the healing journey and how that led to commitment but um, let's have Yezel Yezl share um. Um.
1: <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> um. sorry guys <laughs> <laughs> um Community, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my husband and I—we have—we haven't actually been at New Philly for that long. Maybe mm-hmm. just just over a year now, mm-hmm. um, and so we're still relatively new. Mm-hmm. Um, but before for moving to Korea, we like decided okay we're going to make a real effort to find community that's going to be like one of our top priorities when we move Um, because we had such an incredible community back in New Zealand and so we desperately wanted that Mm. Um, and it takes time right Um, so we you know checked out a few different English ministries um, but then we came to New Philly um, through my husband playing touch rugby and meeting Dave um, you know, Pastor David and Mm. another guy that used to go here, Mm. Um, and decided to come check it out. And we were blown away by, like, you know, sure, New Philly had gone through a rough time and stuff, Mm. but how open and honest and vulnerable Mm. the people that we came across were, just willing to share their life. And, um, you know, that's huge, and it's very rare to find, Mm. especially in this, you know, this... um, Day and age I <laughs> sound like an old person And so yeah So we decided Okay this You know This is the church That we want to You know Make it our home And find community And so we Joined House Church um, Which was great Because we had that In our home And um, We met a lot of Great people And became friends With a lot of great people And um, but i'd say like for me um the moment that felt like okay this is this is my community this feel this is home for me now was when we went back to new zealand um just earlier this year for a holiday and um like a lot of people had said like oh if when you move away try not to come back you know come go back home to visit, you know, just give it some time because mm-hmm. otherwise when you come back home you're not gonna want to leave again. Oh. And so I had that in the back of my mind of like, Oh us. I wonder
2: wanted-
1: You missed us. <laughs> <laughs> you missed us.
2: <laughs> okay, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and um so yeah, so that I had that in the back of my head. But um part of me was like, oh, I like I want to go back, you know, I feel like I have people that I want to see and I want to do life with. Um, It's not this like, oh, I don't want to go back because I don't know anyone or we don't have any friends, we don't have community. But I definitely felt drawn to come back because I knew we have community and we we found a home away from home, if that makes sense.
0: Awesome, awesome. I love how um, proactive you and James were. You said that you came and you were set on trying to find a community and you guys got involved really quick. Yeah, I mean, you said you've been here less than a year and God has already given you a heart for our church and now you're an elder. And so, like, I think that's the there's a story in that in and of itself. Um, I think uh, we're we're running out of time. But if we can just close with this question. Okay, how about a two part question? Right. (laughs) Question is, uh, how did God lead you to become an elder? Like, why did you why do you want to be an elder at our church? And and also what is, as an elder, what is an encouraging word or exhortation you would like to share with our community? Um, You know, yeah. Do
1: you want me to go? I can go first. (laughs) Why did I want to be... Well, to be honest, when I first asked to be an elder, Mm -hmm. I'm being completely honest. I had in my mind, like... um, am I that old or, like, am I, am I old enough to be an elder? Mm. I had that in my mind because all the elders that I know or, like, you know, know of mm. are all old. Yeah. And so that to me, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm old enough or, like, yeah, wise enough or whatever. But um, after that, I, I knew that this was something that God had in store for me, um, specifically coming Mm, to Korea. mm. My prayer before coming here, because we had a a year lead up, um, that's another story in itself of of Mm. preparing to come here, but my prayer throughout that whole year and then the first year before I came became an elder was, mm. God, how do you want to use me? I, I, mm. want to, I want to serve and I want to be used. Wow. Um, you know, the gifts that you've given me, I don't want to just keep them to myself. Mm. Um, so how do you want to use me? Mm. And I had no idea that this was something that God <laughs> had in store yeah. for me. But um, yeah, when I was asked, that definitely came to mind mm. of, yeah, this was something that God had... Mm already known, obviously, and and um, was preparing me, to, you know, for the past few years mm-hmm. before coming here. Um, so, yeah, that was, I guess, the why. Yeah. <laughs> um, an encouragement, um, I would say, I'm going to chuck in an illustration okay, okay. <laughs> from, like, just what you preached earlier yeah. and stuff. And throughout this um, week of, you know, praying and preparing... Um, of are we a cruise ship or a fishing boat, you know mm. God Jesus literally says in Matthew, Come follow me, and mm. I will make fishes of men right. um, and to me, like the gospel is so central to to the church, mm. right the good news of Jesus Christ, and what are we as a church, but also as individuals doing To go out and fish for people Not literally like go and fish But you know (laughs) Um, And with the cruise ship Mentality it's comfortable It's Mm. like oh this is nice and Cozy Mm. I'm in my little Mm. Not little ship but like you know Whereas um, A fishing boat is it's uncomfortable Right Mm. I've never been on one but It looks uncomfortable and you're there to Work and you're there to serve Um, And so as a church but also As individuals are you more of a? Are we more of a cruise ship where mm. we're comfortable and you know, yeah, it's nice and mm. you know, or are we a fishing boat where wow. we are going out to seek out the lost, mm. the um, you know, sharing our lives with those who don't believe and mm. ultimately sharing the good news of Jesus Christ because that's what's going to transform yeah, people, yeah. right? And then um, with the serving side of if you're someone that calls new New Philly home, what are you, um, doing as an individual to, um, to use the gifts that God's given you, Mm. um, to, to help and to serve and to, um, I guess, steer the fishing boat. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) and so it's changing that mentality of like, I'm here to get, Mm. but no, I'm here to give. Mm. Um, you and also like to um, to serve. I guess, yeah.
0: That's thank you for sharing that. <laughs> Very profound. Maybe a better uh, maybe a better analogy than I gave in my sermon. <laughs> thank you, uh, uh, Daniel.
2: Um, yeah, I think uh, yeah, serving as an elder has actually been something you know that I've been praying about considering uh, since um, my time at the Melbourne campus came to an end a couple of years ago, Um, but um, just felt like the timing was probably um, not quite right um, back then. And so, um, yeah, as I returned to Korea um, for my new uh, job, um, yeah, I think as I was considering like what are the different ways I can help. You know, serve and be a part of this community. I think, um, yeah. When I was approached again um, to consider like serving as an elder, I felt like that was sort of right timing and the right kind of role that I can play to help out. You know, I've I've done a lot of different things. You know, setting up chairs and you know missions and all that kind of stuff. But you've done a lot in this church. <laughs> <stretch. Yeah. laughs> yeah. um, but yeah, I think just you know being in prayer and just mm-hmm. kind of being more kind of behind the scenes mm-hmm. and just helping provide kind of um, direction and discernment, mm-hmm. um, and I think those are things I need to continue to grow in as well. So I think sure, that sure. God kind of wants to use this to build mm-hmm. up the church and also to help me grow. Yeah,
0: yeah. You
2: know. um, yeah, just was just to uh, give a word yeah. to the community. Sure. Yeah. Um, if that that one, that one, yeah. <laughs> that one. Yeah. Um, I just want to encourage everyone um, just to say that, you know, thank you for really staying strong and um, keeping committed and and engaged with the church through these really difficult times through the pandemic, Um, you know, whether it's been through just participating on the YouTube chat, you know, um, on our services or being a part of a house church, um, you know, on Zoom or you know, even through your giving, you know, you know, we've been incredibly blessed. I think um, for our church to be so committed and strong to one another, and you know, as part of my work um, with my missions organization, you know, I see how you know so many churches are really encountering so many difficulties around the country right now. And so, I just want to say, you know, well done, um, and I just want to encourage you to keep going, to keep. Staying strong and committed and connected with one another, um, as you know, as Pastor JP preached today. You know, I think the times ahead, it's not going to get easier. Um, right now, we have the pandemic that has kind of um, created this this period of real difficulty. But um, you know, I think moving ahead, this commitment to follow the way of christ the way of jesus the commitment to the local church um if anything it's probably going to get more and more difficult and you know i really want to encourage all of us to be devoted to make that commitment in our hearts um to really yeah be unified and committed to um to this body of believers so thank you and you know let's keep going
0: awesome awesome thank you so much um Pastor Daniel, man, that was so pastoral. Like, I feel so fired up right now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, thank you once again, uh, Yesel and Daniel, for joining our living room and sharing such uh, great stories and sharing about your life with our church. And, um, yeah, church, I just want to say, you know... Um, yeah hit them up, ask for their stories, and if you want to know the the rough patches and the details <laughs> but um yeah i 'm so encouraged uh, uh, by you. Thank you once again and uh, for our church, I do want to say um, I want to ask if you can take a portion of your day today or sometime this week and really just pray and just ask the lord to uh, let 's ask the Lord to search our hearts, um, trusting in his gentleness trusting in his guidance and really ask God like what where is my heart regarding um, his church where is my heart regarding like where am I in my faith right now and and how is the Holy Spirit leading me to grow um, with with aligning my life to the dream of what God had for the church has for the church and so take some time to do that and you know ask yourself what is stopping me as Daniel shared he had to work through some healing some th- some things in his heart and uh, we're not trying to pressure you like hurry up and do it you know what I mean but um you know I love what Daniel shared it was a process for him and um, it's until he got healthy where um you know none of us he, he says we're still getting he's still getting healthy as in, we won't arrive but uh, it is an important thing to be aware of and ask the lord to guide you in so uh, I want to ask you to take some time to do that